Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify wh- your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Be quiet, Chris Catello. What's wrong with you? Turn, turn your mic on. Let's go. Is it on? That's, a, that's Chris Catello. That's cool. That's this. I'm Rob Bradford. This is the Bradford Show. We're talking baseball from 4 to 6. You're welcome. You gonna talk? Yeah, what a pleasure to be What's here. What's wrong Rob? with you? Thank you. I my, missed my, this. My oversized oh. sweatshirt. Yeah, let's say wearing baseballs and boring sweatshirt. Guys, you know why baseballs and boring, and we're proof once again uh, that baseballs and boring. This is the sister sister station, the sister podcast, sister show of the baseballs and boring campaign. This is the Bradfo show. I think we're gonna be on Stiz. What's the schedule? I haven't seen the schedule. Are we on now forever? Like, are we on all the time? I now? wish, unfortunately, but two. Full hours of nothing but baseball. Nothing but baseball. Stay- I don't want to hear Bill O'Brien. I don't want to uh, hear Brit. Nothing. Enough. 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 Something happened with Bill O'Brien? Yeah. Enough. Enough. No, no, no. no. Coop, how are you? I'm great. great. I'm, like I said, I miss this so much. Yeah, this was of like, course. When the season started to begin last year, this is the time when we started to really start talking about baseball. Well, you know, right before you championship can talk about baseball weekend. every single day, every it single is, week. It is, but now that we're, we're back on the radio, it's starting to feel like baseball's here. Okay. Well, At least for me. Okay. Does my that headphone, feel the my same? My headphones aren't working. Heck so. yeah. <laughs> well. That's, that's good. May, hopefully your mic doesn't work as well. Uh, anyway, so we got a lot to get to. We're going to have Sean Spradling, who is the WBC expert uh, for the Baseballs and Boring brand. He's kicking off a new podcast, WBC Central. And if you want to go before he comes on, if you want to get a little familiar with his work, and it's excellent, Sean underscore Spradling. I mean, talk about hitting a niche. He had started about a month ago of getting into social media, talking about WBC. And Coop, you were ahead of this. I mean, Coop, you were on the WBC train, right? Correct? Yeah, I just wasn't as great with publishing and everything. Well, yeah. He's in a a league of his own. Yeah, but now he's got a ton of momentum, and the momentum's leading him to the podcast. Now, also, the momentum is leading to him coming on with us at 5 o'clock. So we're going to do that, but I also wanted just to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with these Boston Red Sox. And... I guess the best way to start, before we get to Chris Cotillo's trip to New Orleans, um, the best way to start is I'm just going to ask each of these guys. The path that these guys could potentially take, these guys being the Boston Red Sox, to actually making the postseason. Because I don't know if you know this, once the postseason comes and you're in it, all bets are off, who knows what's going to happen. It's the wild world of the postseason. I'm going to start with you, Chris Cotillo of MassLive.com. First of all, welcome back. What a pleasure, Rob. Oh Thanks. my goodness! Now you you don't have a, you don't have headphones. You don't have a, you, nothing. No, I have, a, I have a mic and a voice. And you have thoughts. a mic and a voice. I have thoughts. thoughts. All right, and what's power rank those things? Mic, voice, <laughs> thoughts. Uh, they're probably all playing for the tie. All right. Have you recovered from your trip to New Orleans? I have. It was a blast. Uh, shout out to Mitch and his bachelor party. Great. We we missed, we missed winter weekend. Saw that was a lot of fun for. Red Sox yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get, get to that. And within Winter Weekend, talking about cross-promotion or segues into Winter Weekend and your trip to New Orleans, sneaky, sneaking, Coop knows this, we did a Bradfoe Show podcast, and our good friend Sammy James had one of the all-time best stories that should go down in Red Sox lore, this story, and it involves maybe uh, imbibing too much. Mm-hmm. And how you bounce back from that. So we'll get to that in a second. But I want to ask you, starting with Chris, what is the path that these guys, 
guys can take to actually make the postseason? Because obviously we can do 90% negative negativity. That's easy, 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 easy. But let me start here. What is the path? And do you think this path is too filled with brush that you aren't able going to be able to like knife your way through it? Um, is there a path for them to make the postseason? I mean, I think it all starts and ends with the starting rotation, health of the starting rotation, all that stuff, right? Like if Chris Sale is 75% of Chris Sale, that's still a, you know, a mid rotation starter. You have James Paxton, who could be good. Bayo, Pavetta, Kluber, Whitlock. I mean, you got you have guys that theoretically all have the ceiling of being a two. Justin Masterson, Wade Miley, Clay right. Buckholz, Joe Kelly, it's, Rick Porcello. It's a better group Five than aces. that, right? Five it's aces. a better group than that. So if those guys are like, you know, you find a one and a one A out of that and a couple guys who are, you know, fine in the middle, I feel like you have a chance to win every night. You have a good bullpen. That's that's the positive take. But no, it's it's an uphill battle. Okay. All right. Well, that's you absolutely did not sell me on anything. Coop, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like to, to Come be, on, just, to be to make, make so something up. I said this on the he podcast. Just, he just made something up. You no, I've been saying up. that for a while on the Fenway Rundown. Uh, Ooh, uh, great oh, podcast. Oh, first, yeah, great podcast. That supposed to, oh, yeah, Fenway, Fenway Rundown, Rundown podcast. Okay, okay, thing, who's, right. who's your guest this week? Uh, we're working on it. Could be a big fish. Okay. Don't want to spoil. Like the uh, movie? No. no. All right. Anyway, go ahead. So I said this on the podcast this week. About 20 days ago, you could have looked at this team and said they are so far worse than what they are currently. And I still think that's true. Nothing has changed in yeah. the amount of a week. And a lot of that comes from, you know, last season we went into the season, we knew the bats were going to be great. And uh, they weren't. We they were what they were. I mean, they were a lot better than what they okay. look like right now. No? Okay. Would you agree with that? They were bad. I was disappointed. Having both here. Xander Bogarts and Trevor Story in your lineup, I would yeah. say that looks really right. good. Trevor Story right wasn't now. Real. I mean, it's not like he was. Not at this day. point, but you knew that. Ooh, you, you guys argue. Go ahead. No, I'm well, the Trevor Story played 94 games. I mean, he was good when he He's was He's talking there, about going into the season. I'm saying looking at the yeah, season. Going into the season. Okay. The actuality of the season, Optim- no, it was not yeah. fun. And, and by the way, like talking about like optimism, it's like the optimism in the last week, how it has flipped, has been crazy amongst Red Sox Twitter people. They, they Well, you know, this is why I'm asking the question. Because, oh, yeah, this can happen. This is an underrated team. And maybe it is. Maybe it is. Anyway, Coop, I interrupted you. Go ahead. But so what I was going to say is that the whole commotion was nothing's being done with the bullpen. This year. Better flip, bullpen. Better bullpen this year. Lineup not as great. And I think the starters, like you had said, like you really just have to depend on them being healthy last year, weren't healthy. And I think that was a huge contributor to them. So you're saying so your answer your answer is they'll have a better bullpen. That's how they're going to make the postseason. I'm saying they're probably not going to make the bullpen or make the the postseason. (laughs) That's not the question. That's not the exercise. The exercise is how do they make the postseason? How do they? Yeah, I. It's on the starters. Okay. I think if you can have two of those three, you can be a team that maybe can find their way into the postseason, especially with how expanded it is now. Okay. All right. It's, uh, so optimism is run rampant in these awful, awful answers that these two just gave. But uh, I do want everyone to chime in. I see Jeff in Watertown ready to lead it off. 617-779-7937. I want to get to the comments from David Ortiz, which I surfaced five days after he said it. Um, I also want to get up to what he said was about Rafael Devers and the Red Sox lineup, which I actually think is a very, 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 very good point. Um, I want to get to that. 
ultimately later in the show, I want to, since betting is kicking off on Tuesday, you know this, Catillo. Of course. Yeah. Data yeah. circled. Okay. Betting is I think after we talk to Sean, WBC guy, we should basically go through some betting thing. Get ready, people ready for betting, right? Sounds great. Uh, because betting isn't boring. That's another thing that's coming. It is uh, costly, though. Uh, it depends. It depends. Betting responsibly isn't boring. That, oh, look, look at you. Huh? Yeah, but look that at, also uh? doesn't exist. Yeah, look, look yeah. at you. All right. Uh, speaking of being responsible with the responsible takes, let's go straight to Jeff from Watertown. Jeff, what's going on, my friend? How you doing? Hey, Bradford. Hey, Chris. Hey, Cooper. How you guys doing? Oh, we're uh, Well, first of, all, first of all, Bradford, I wanted to say that I was really, really proud of Red Sox Nation uh, at, the, at Springfield. Because I remember last year during the season, I said to you that Hyam Bloom should be made to bring out the lineup card at all home games, just so we could finally hear how the crowd would react. And by God, in one night, I think he got like a, a whole year's worth of of a reaction. So I, I think that's I think that's important. I think I think I still would like to know. see I would like to see uh, executives bring out the lineup card. That would be <laughs> that would be something. And 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 you know his and and he deserved to be booed. I mean. The bets, bets thing, and you're making a. I mean, it, it just, it just seems so awful. And then for you know, for Sam Kennedy to come out and say we were a little too honest in and how much we love Xander Bogarts. I mean, that is all the the wrong messaging. That is just that looks that looks it looks stupid. It looks it looks juvenile. Um, so you know, so that that that's the first thing. And, you know, I just I can't. Do it. But the other thing I want to say is the 2013. You always bring up the 2013 team. You know, um, and how nobody really kind of believed in that team till August. Well, I believed in, in I, I would tell anybody in spring training that that team was going to the World Series because I was convinced of it. But the only reason I was convinced of it is because they had a core, mm. and then they had guys that if they if they could just play their average, if Shane Victorino could just have a, an average Victorino season, if if uh, Napoli could have an average Napoli season. That those would would be the guys, and that was a big if. But I believed, I believed, and I believed they were gonna, you know, they wanted to prove that Bobby Valentine was the problem. So I thought that was gonna be. A big, but the point I'm making here is that, like, I saw a reason why that team could win, and I believed in that team. I don't see that with this team. Well, I, you know, I, I think had, Jeff, and, and we brought this up before about the 2013. Anybody who compares the two situations, you're, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. The biggest difference is that they had the core group of guys, the Ortiz, the Pedroyas, the Lesters, those guys, and yep. right now you have Rafael Devers. And every, everything yep. else is totally up in the air. And yeah, I, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm going to ask these guys this, and Rich, I'm going to steal this from Rich Keefe. Who right now is the second best player in the Red Sox? Whitlock. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was waiting for Jeff to answer first. Let him <laughs> That's the answer. What do you got? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would, right now, I would, I would have to say probably Woodlock is the guy who, who I have the most confidence in. Like, you know, again, going back to the guy who I think could be what he's supposed to be. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if Justin Cassis can be what he's supposed to be. I don't know if, uh, if I'm tired of waiting for Chris Sale to be 100% of Chris Sale or, or 75% of Chris Sale or whatever we're waiting for. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, he's the one, like, if you said to me, you know, what's one guy on this team, you know, uh, besides Devers that you would put money on to say he's going to have a good season? I would say Whitlock is. Okay. And this is a guy who's going into a third year um, yeah. and is coming off this hip surgery. Feels great. Yeah. Feels great. Feels better than ever. Best shape of his life. Best shape of his life season. And, uh, yeah. but it, it probably, it's not a bad answer, but that's the problem. Is it even then? That, that, that's the big problem. It's a huge problem. And, and and you we we Jeff, how many times have we talked about that that whole 
paying for certainty, getting certainty. Oh, and they they, right. they have pieces, but still, you go down the list of guys that you even got, and you can't really say that hey, this is absolutely going to happen. No, oh, name, name one. Right. And, that, and, that's, and going back to 2013, that team, you had people that you, that you believed in and you just wanted the other guys to fill in. This team, I just, I just, I just don't know. And, and Hyam Blue, I mean, this has got to be his, this is the year for him. I mean, they can't have another mediocre year and him come back. So, I mean, he's got to be feeling the pressure. Um, so I, you know, and, and they're still talking about maybe trades or I, I don't know. Uh, but right now, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have that enthusiasm. And I think you said you said that Raphael Davis is going to be the guy. Like they 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 pay the one guy. He'll be the one guy they pay in the market, and that's what scares me. Is that you might be right about that? Well, I, and, and Jeff, like, thanks for the call. You know. We'll talk to you soon. He brings up a good point. So this is where we morph into the Devers thing. So David Ortiz uh, last Saturday, a week ago, a winter weekend with uh, Ken Curtis and myself. He was asked about Rafael Devers, and, and I'm paraphrasing. I guess I, we could have the sound, but you know, I was more concerned about getting Catillo a sweatshirt. He said, "I would pitch. Of course, I would pitch around Devers. Who's going to hit behind him? I've been in that situation. I've been. I've seen that. And I remember as soon as he said this, I remember back in 2014 when they didn't get somebody that they went into spring training with Napoli and Mike Carp and Grady Sizemore as a protection for him, and he said it on the record." And then the next day, you are seeing Pedroia's fate. Pedroia was so upset. like And everyone was like, David, we have players. We have players. But his point was well taken, is that you can't just hope that these guys are going to protect Rafael Devers. And Rafael Devers, you would like to think, is, is going to be able to manage his at-bats and not swing at bad pitches. But is he at that level where if he doesn't get protection, is he going to get frustrated and start swinging at? Is this a, like, so what I'm saying is that, is this just a bunch of hooey? Like, or am I actually onto something? Well, I mean, I think it's a lot on Casas, right? In his first full year, he, there's he's not hitting behind Devers, though. Yeah, but like I mean, think it, about th- think about the two guys who are in line to hit behind Devers. Two name, you know them. Stories out. Thank you, thank you. What are you like, Ordway? You ask him <laughs> like go through the entire roster before you answer the question. Duvall, yeah, Duvall and Justin Turner. Duvall and Justin Turner. Guys who have hit sixth and seventh, and I'm maybe they'll have good years, but that's not what they're built to do at this point. Much like when Hunter Renfro came in, Hunter Renfro wasn't. No one thought he was going to have to hit behind, hit third or fourth. And yeah, he evolved into a good hitter, but still, I mean, that's not what he was here for. Right. But that's what these guys are here for. And I'm not in saying that Rafael Devers can't have a good year, but Ortiz brings up a good point is that not everybody is equipped to not have someone hit behind them. And I brought up the stats in August. If you look at in August of last year, where Devers' worst month by far, guess what? J.D. Martinez's worst, worst month, Xander Bogart's worst month. Coincidence? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Good, good take. Good. What, you guys going to talk? What's I going did. On? Every time I, I talk, know. you shut they, me down. I, I'm waiting for it to be shut down myself. I, what, what would you say is the... Like the Starting four in that lineup right now. Would you put Devers in the third, like the three three spot right there? Um, because I'm trying to see. visualize like what this let's lineup can got, actually look I'm like. I'm gonna go through the roster like Catillo so just did. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, the the top four in that lineup. Top four in that lineup. Are you asking me the top four in the lineup? No, I'm asking you the, the top four the, like the top, ice cream flavors. The what? Like, what? The top four. The top four in in the lineup. Uh, 
So you're saying the top four hitters in the Boston Red Sox. Top four hitters okay. in the Baltimore Orioles lineup. I got gotcha. you. All right. So you, everyone's thinking Yoshida leads off. Yep. Okay. Who knows? That's that's a big if. That's the most likely. Devers hitting second. No. I don't no. think so. Oh. Ooh. I, Cora likes the righty-lefty thing too much. Okay. Especially late in games. All right. So let's Super. say. Let's go with. E- Duval. No. Kike. Kike or Turner. Put Turner Kike. second. Okay. Kike or Turner. Devers hitting third. And then Duval hitting fourth. And then you have Casas hitting fifth, bringing me back to what I was saying earlier. Right. The, yeah, I can keep going down. That Ultimately, you're going to have to hack Tristan Casas hit the right. baseball. Yes. That's not the point. So my next question after Ooh. that, because you talk about like having protection around Devers, I'm more worried about that leadoff spot. So if Yoshida starts to like flounder... Well, we... I mean, this... We think that Yoshida could hit. That's lead the off. thing is, like, he never so hit leadoff in his life. Like, he, I've, I've he no idea what to expect. He, he didn't him. think he could right. do it. Right? He's like leadoff. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm translating for him by leadoff. What are you talking about leadoff? Yeah. All right. Well, we got a lot to get to with this Boston Red Sox team. So, uh, and Chris Cotillo's here. Coop is here. Most importantly, Stiz is here. Stiz, should we have a reliever call in to talk about walking music? Is the Pope Catholic? <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of stairs, let's trend. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The NFL Conference Championships are this Sunday, tomorrow. The 49ers are in Philly taking on the Eagles at 3.30, followed by the Bengals in Kansas City taking on the Chiefs at 6.30. Don't forget, both of those games can be heard right here on WEEI. Per Field Yates, Patrick Mahomes was a full participant in practice and is off the injury report. Albert Breer reported Friday that the Patriots are flying out former player Ryan Wendell out to Las Vegas to interview for the open offensive line coaching position. Wendell played nine seasons with the Pats and helped New England win a Super Bowl in 2014. He spent the last four seasons with the Bills holding the title of assistant offensive line coach for the previous three campaigns. The Bruins road trip continues tonight as they take on the Florida Panthers. Puck drops at 6 p.m. And the Celtics have lost three in a row. They'll try and turn it around tonight when they host LeBron James and the Lakers tip-off at 8.30. And the Red Sox signed left-handed reliever Skylar Arias to a minor league deal according to the club's transaction log. The 25-year-old posted a 3.91 ERA and the Southpaw features a low 90s fastball that can reach at least 95 miles per hour and a devastating low 80s slider and a low 80s changeup according to Baseball's scouting report from 2021. I'm Stiz, that's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. We are so touched. You all made the trek out here. Robert, Renata. We hope our marriage is nothing like yours. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. From the director of Pitch Perfect and the producers of The Proposal. Something doesn't feel right. They're pirates. And they took everybody hostage. Jennifer Lopez. Josh Dumel. This is not happening. Pirates chasing you wasn't on your vision board. You're the only thing on my vision board. Shotgun Wedding. Rated R. Watch now on Prime Video. We are so touched. You all made the trek out here. Robert, Renata. We hope our marriage is nothing like yours. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. From the director of Pitch Perfect and the producers of The Proposal. Something doesn't feel right. They're pirates. And they took everybody hostage. Jennifer Lopez. Josh Dumel. This is not happening. Pirates chasing you wasn't on your vision board. You're the only thing on my vision board. Shotgun Wedding. Rated R. Watch now on Prime Video. We are so touched. You all made the trek out here. Robert, Renata. We hope our marriage is nothing like yours. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. 
From the director of Pitch Perfect and the producers of The Proposal. Something doesn't feel right. They're pirates and they took everybody hostage. Jennifer Lopez, Josh Dumel. This is not happening. Pirates chasing you wasn't on your vision board. You were the only thing on my vision board. Shotgun Wedding, rated R. Watch now on Prime Video. W-E-E-I W-E-E-I Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go We didn't sign up Because When you make those bets They're big bets And those bets Hang with me Hang with me Those bets Those bets usually Now y'all know it you guys are smart. Those bets are much better up front and on the back end. We know that. Every team knows that when they're making those bets. But if you want to make that type of bet, you better be ready to back it up. You better be ready to surround that bet with a whole lot of talent, a whole lot of young talent, or you're not going to win. And you see it all the time in this game. You see it all the time. And I don't think anybody would disagree where the organization was. We just weren't ready to back up that bet. All right, that was High Bloom at Winter Weekend. I think, uh, Stiz, you you probably hit on something there. What they should have done is played that music as loud as you could (laughs) while he was talking. Do you guys think that was a Wes Welker situation? You know what I mean by that? No, not at all. Okay. When Wes Welker got up to the press conference after the Rex Ryan thing and basically tried to oh, mention the feet? the feet references as many as times as possible, <laughs> I think like this was bet. like the complete opposite. Like you where, don't, you don't think, Rex Ryan, or you don't where, think he, he knew he was saying bets? Over no, and over I think and over he maybe practiced in the mirror. Like I'm going to deliver this line and it's going to hit. And then once he started getting booed, all he could think about was the was word bet. <laughs> Ten bets, by the way. Ten, Ten. bets. I, I think it might have been the Wes Welker situation. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Like I he's mean, trolling the fans? No, I mean, just, you know. I mean, you Because that's what it would come when, across when someone, as. When someone, because I wasn't there, much like Cotillo. Yeah. I was not in New Orleans. He was. But um, I, when I heard about it, and then I heard it, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, that's a lot of bets. That's a lot of that's bets. That's a lot. As you said, that's 10. What are you going to say? He should have said, I mean, when you make that Bogart, and just try to <laughs> squeeze that in over and over and over When you make that X. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when you sign on, when you sign X on the dotted line, yeah. yes, or turning it a Scott Boris. Is what so it is. anyway, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. This is your big chance to talk about the great game of baseball. Chris Cotillo, Coop, myself, Rob Bradford, Stiz. You there, Stiz? Let's go. All right, we're efforting to get some uh, some good walking music, which is, by the way, you did an excellent job. Uh, if if not, uh, what is better? We should put up a poll. What is better? Talking about Mac Jones or talking about walking music? I know the answer. Landslide. Landslide. It's a good song. I'd have that as my walk up. That one? The little landslide? Oh, oh. Little, little, ooh, a little too slow. Okay, all right. Well, no, Andrew Haney, I think, uh, does Tiny Dancer. So really anything is Anything. Well, possible. what what did uh, Kimbrell did um, uh, the, um, what is it? Bobby Dahlbeck had it, on the watch. Let it go. Let it Great. go. Let it go. Let no, it go. Was, no. That was before me, I think. I was thinking Th- more No, that like was last year. There. Oh. Well, that was when I was What's not wrong with attention. you? Are you still hungover from New Orleans? No. It's been Holy five days. crap. Well, uh, why would Your I know energy Greg level Kimbrell's is like, ne- like negative two? You're what? just down to five-hour energy. 
I, Coop, Coop and I know how to do this. You <laughs> typically sip on those. I wasn't watching. I should have no, been I, I paying attention. I, no, I haven't even cracked it I open yet. I make sure yet. that he doesn't. And the great game of baseball is my energy. Of course. I All have right. to do it five days a week leading in. Baseball's and boring, and then do the Bradford show with these jamokes. little tease for the folks. What's been your favorite interview so far? Of this past week, we had no, Joe, no, no. Joey the Votto. Entire week, we had we've had a big we've had a big off season. What's been your favorite interview? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Joey Votto was like bizarre. I was, love him. Yeah, you, <laughs> no, I told do. you the question after that. I wanted to ask him, and like I, I think me and Joey Votto could sit I, down for a couple he's hours. A t- you know not what? Talking Joey Votto remind me a little bit of like how Cassis is going to become, which is you're no. expecting. We can in. only hope. It, well, <laughs> well, he, he wanted right. That's who he emulated himself. A big right? body Joey Votto. But but this is the way I would describe that statement: is that with Cassis and Chris, like you. I think that you would agree. We sort of just getting to know him, right? Mm-hmm. When last year, spring training, he didn't really talk hardly at all. And we didn't get the personality. Now we are. With Casas, it was like he says things that you don't expect when you ask the question, which is awesome. Like we talked about this before, Coop, right? Potatoes. Potato, yes, cannolis. I just, I just wanted to exactly. That's what the people can expect out of Tristan Casas. Exactly. So, and doing Joe, doing the interview with Joey Votto earlier this week, it was the same deal. Oh, let me tell Joey. I, there's so much correlation between chess and baseball. No, there isn't. Okay. Well, okay. But but then he goes <laughs> on for 15 minutes about how it isn't. That's what I like because like he's like he is a sarcastic guy. Like he, I think he knows that he's probably yes. the smartest in the room. Yeah, you know, like Enron, um, and he just like he'll just go with it because he knows like the answer is like there. You can find correlation there, and he could probably talk about it. But to him, the funnier route is just like, all right, how how long can I toy with Rob here? I, I talked to Votto this year, and I was like, oh, this guy's awesome. And so I'm not saying him. You do have to worry sometimes. Are the guys like that, or are they playing the how contrarian can I be card? Because we have seen those guys come through. As well. I think it's with Votto, it's that because at the very end, and he was talking more towards Whitlock, and I don't know if you picked up on no, that. no, that's that's why those interviews are always better. It was when you that, have when you have was, like player multiple players on because they don't you know being a fly on the wall for that was really cool because yeah. like towards the end, not to say that you didn't have a part in it, but towards the end, like you kind of. You were the catalyst to say, like, hey, I just want you two talking. That, and that's, that's what it that's, was. There you go. And you had a guy likely going to, into the Hall of Fame talking to someone that was just starting their career. Whitlock was legitimately in awe. Ear to him. ear at one point, smiling. Yeah. And just listening to hey, him. Have you ever seen him smile before? Of course. Okay. Yeah. There, there, good there, smile. There good there smile on him. Uh, but what but, but I was going to say. When he beat Tanner Huck in that race. In, not yeah, yet. In, in crutches and wheelchairs, yes. Teased. But he he gave some answers where it was like very in depth and very like intellectual, like talking about baseball beyond like just like the X's and O's type thing, and that was very cool. No, to see. no. So everyone was, should go check. It that was a out. great podcast, and I also enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed all of them. I thought we had a good week this week. We had batting stance guy on, and just the, just the story about being on Letterman. I think that's cool. I don't care what Tillo thinks at all. And, um, and I, didn't also, even, I don't even have a thought on that. Okay. And then, uh, and then Dempster and Brock Holt both running the marathon. Catillo, what would, what's your white whale of an interview for a podcast? Yeah, what's your white whale? John Henry. Okay, that's valid. <laughs> have you ever interviewed him one-on-one? Uh, I don't think I've ever talked to him one-on-one because I started on the beat you know, only five years ago, so it makes sense that he hasn't talked since then, basically. Mm. Do you think that interview has become more difficult within the last week? Uh... Would he be checking his watch the whole time? Yeah, that was a brutal look. See that, Rob? Yes, I did see that. And I don't think, I think to answer your question, Coop, 
I think yes, that was that was not going to have uh, it trending in the right direction for Chris Cotillo doing an interview with John Henry because <laughs> I don't think John Henry. John, John, there was, and you're right. I mean, you're right about his availability. I mean, when you can document definitively when the guy has spoken, mm-hmm. and I can, I can say, me in London. Um, yeah, just start with a humble brag. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm going chronologically. <laughs> June, June 2019. We had dinner. No, hold on. In Seville in, 19, in 2007. You had a nice sirloin June, strip. June, <laughs> August 2019, we were on the jet. No. Uh, to, <laughs> end of June 2019. Then we had the thing up in the suite when Dombrowski was fired. They, but they even screwed that up because that was like they didn't talk for three weeks and then basically the pressure got to him and they did okay, this but they, weird. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I get it, but I'm saying they like, okay, that's like half credit. He, he was there and he talked. I'm yes. just, that's what I'm and talking said, about. And then he said, we got to get under the CBT. So those two mm-hmm. then didn't do the spring training thing. Uh, did he do it in 2020? That, well, he did after they traded Mookie. That was the last. After Mookie. Yes. Yeah, right. So the Mookie where they come out in college ticket packages. It's and damn usual. Yeah. That's right. Yes. That was three. That, questioning my memory and my energy, and now I'm bringing it. Yeah, so there you go. So is, I knew that this was going to be a work yes. in progress. <laughs> By the way, we do have a Red Sox relief pitcher coming up at 520. Um, so you have those, and then I don't think there was, in 2001, there wasn't a spring training get-together with Henry. There wasn't 21? one before, no. right? No. And then I believe that he did uh, something in the stands with Alex Spear, when was that? When was that? Was that last year or the year so before? He he emerged onto the field when they beat the Rays in the ALDS. That's true. We he, got him for about that, that two seconds. That doesn't count. And it doesn't. He said he likes Alex Cora, and basically, I like my team, and that was that. And then he he did a one-on-one with Spear last year in July or so, and that is. And then and then this one that was it. This yeah. this doesn't count. But either. you know, none we, of them really count. The Mookie one is the last one that counts. The Mookie press conference. 2020. Yeah. Yes. Where he's actually talking poetic. to the press. Yeah. Where he's answering questions from multiple people. From yeah. questions that haven't been fielded ahead of time. I mean, uh, it's not like I doubt, you know, Alex or whoever, but winter weekend, they're not going to, you know, the, the people on He's not, he didn't really even say much, right? Uh, on, oh, he, Springfield? I mean, Sam Kennedy no, jumped the, in front the, of it every was, bullet. This is, this is, we, we, yeah, this is when we talk about why he's not going to be talking again. It's not only because of, like, looking at the watch and it's uncomfortable and everything else, but usually within all of these, almost all of them, there's, there's one line that somewhere along the line, someone grabs a hold of It's like when just before that, John Lester, we screwed up John Lester, mm-hmm. right? That's great. That's a great line. That's going to live for a long time. It's true. Fans appreciate it. It's candid and like that type of stuff. When he usually when he talks, it's a worthwhile exercise for our purposes. Um, when I talk to him, in London, how's Is that humble because brag. you're straining your ears or what? No, no. If there's wind, forget that's quite about an it. exercise. It's over. <laughs> um, but you know when he talked in London about like like I think that we probably did things the wrong way in the off season. Okay, that was something. Um, when he did uh, the thing after the after the Dombrowski firing, there was probably something there. With CBT, CBT. Thank you, yep. CBT. With Mookie, there was something. Nothing. No, Musial. Right. Um, but student nine. But get usually there's something, and in this case, the something was the well. Why are ticket prices so high? It's because baseball players cost a lot of money, which. Anyone would tell you, don't say that. Bad answer. That is right. like the worst answer. The right, worst. Well, the, answer. the rest of them that you just brought up are like legitimate answers where you get a better idea and understanding of the Red Sox. This one's just condescending. 
Yeah. Can I be honest with you though? The kind of a baller move to like do like the whole like watch check thing. Like everything aside, yeah, that's, that's kind that of like I have so much money. Correa. I have so much money, and I've won four <laughs> World Series for you guys. I don't care at all. Which like which to, to, remove to a that, certain extent. Remove that. That is a cool move. But being like a Red Sox fan and being someone that follows the team, so, let, that so let me ask you: You were there uh, with me at the Devers thing when Werner talked, Tom Werner, yeah. And Tom Werner is obviously a lot more available, not as available as Sam Kennedy, but a lot right. available as much as I think that is acceptable for our, for our purposes. And he after the well, that was that was his first. Since yeah, no, nah, he's gone on, but he's gone on like nothing. No, he, but all, he, uh, he's been around. Okay, he's, been around. Now, he's gone on nothing in EEI. Well, he's been around. I mean, he's like he's he's actually just because like you haven't pulled him aside and asked him about. He doesn't own Mass Live. Okay, well there you go. Doesn't know the power of Mass Live. <laughs> of but but within that, what what was your takeaway from that? Because that was a scrum after the Devers press conference. So what was your takeaway from that? Did you were you uh, were did, were you appeased by what he said? I think that the thing that always sticks out with him or when Sam talks and. Look, I've tweeted before, and people have given me a lot of crap for it. Of like, I feel bad for Sam. He has to go out there and just kind of take the bullets all the time. Obviously, you don't really feel bad for someone probably making as much money. That is his job. Poorly phrased tweet, whatever. But um, my takeaway is always like, they get so upset and roll their eyes and complain. Fans don't think John's involved. How is that possible? Look how hands-on he is. He flew to the Dominican, and then he never talks. It's like, that. that's the thing that... The dissonance there to me is the takeaway. The other thing was just kind of being clear, like, you know, the the real reason they didn't sign Xander is they are not going to sign a player until he's 40, you know? I think that's pretty clear, but to kind of say it in plain terms, I think was pretty interesting, too. Yeah, so when it comes to... I like when they admit their mess-ups, right? This is I liked when John Henry did it with Lester. Mm-hmm. And I think that one of the subtle things in the coop, I don't know if you were there when he said when Sam Kennedy was on with um, Ken and Curtis, right? He said, he said maybe we were a little too aggressive, and I'm paraphrasing, but maybe a little too aggressive in terms of expressing how much I, we wanted him. I, it, wasn't, they were, it wasn't even just how much they wanted him. He said we're, we love him too much. Right. I thought that was well, the Well, and I've said this a million times. The part of that this whole offseason, which I think will go down as the most baffling of all, was the, this is our plan A. The Bogart thing, which is our plan A. Because... Any other time, the Red Sox, this Red Sox screwed ownership group has said that, then it actually is a plan A. That's what they're going to go after. And, mm-hmm. and, and that might not be winning. I mean, that might not be, certainly, I don't think m- most people would begrudge not going 11 years for Xander Bogarts like the Padres did, but you have to go up more than they did. You have to do exactly what they did. You know what they should have done? They should have said Rafael Devers is our plan A because that's how they acted. So, on that note, because Heim had told you, what, in August when you interviewed him up yeah, in the, that, that's the my podcast. Booth. You familiar with Good it? Good podcast, Brad Bradfoe mm-hmm. Show. Um, we can not. all coexist. We're I all know, friends we're all here. I'm wearing like all a, wearing like Dodgers podcast. Rising Tides. Yeah, yeah, that's all that's my mo- that's I'm wearing my- an oversized uh, baseball's boring. Chris has an excellent podcast. It's going to be even better this year. But what I was saying, so he told he told you. We're going to spend this offseason. That is something that we have intend to do. We now have the resources to do that. Mm. If he had just said our plan A is to spend, would do you think people would be okay with that? Or do you think that the like public needed a name to it? Well, even if he said, I mean, 
they were obviously going to spend no matter what. They had okay. a ton of money, so you don't even really need to say that. All right, so I, we have we, we have that set up. We know that they're going to spend. Do we think that Xander Bogarts was always that plan A? Because I don't think so. No, I think I, Devers was always the plan A. I think I think, I think that I think, I think I think they just always underestimated how much of a businessman Xander Bogarts could be. I yes, think they always okay. thought he was going to be take the that. team friendly and he'll come to us. And I just think that they always thought that and it never worked out. Well, the, then that would have been really really stupid. I mean, that's that's I it's, mean, it's they offered him four for ninety in spring training. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that it's unbelievable and. I know that we default to the Lester situation, but really, the Lester situation in the history of this last years of ten years or whatever, whether not ten years, uh, eight years of the Red Sox, it really is. There is this is the jumping off point for so much of this. And by the time that you got to this offseason, you would have figured that they would have learned their lesson that that when we keep referencing the John Lester situation, but that's exactly what happened. But it you, it's not really what happened. Because no, they, they had the option they, between the two guys. They the, had the option. No. Rob, 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 <laughs> let me make a point, please. No. All right. <laughs> Cut his mic. So, they were going to spend. Correct. We're at that point. We were, this is where I was beforehand. They were always going to sign Devers. Why not come out and just say, like, hey, we're going to spend point blank. We have our options of where we want to put money. I think ownership had always said to Heim. You can spend this offseason. You can only spend on one. Do you think that is accurate? No, I think they could have gotten two done if they both done if they wanted to. Without like enamoring anything that they have planned for the future. I, listen, I mean I think like if they this, wanna if they want to win in twenty twenty three, do you think they this, could this, go out and spend you, you can do you can do let's say Xander took six for one sixteen, you can still do that Devers deal. You know, but do you think I, time is you know what you could have done? You could have offered him the Correa deal, right? Get off him the Correa deal. And so it's a good question, Coop. One which I really, really look forward to answering okay. because it's a very nuanced question and I have a definitive answer for it. But first, we're going to take a break. 617-779-7937. See everybody lined up. Chuck, Alice, and all the rest of you. Great baseball conversation. Sean Spradling of uh, WBC Central. Baseball isn't boring podcast network talking about the Red Sox players in the WBC, which is going to basically strip us from uh, a lot of the excitement of of Fort Myers, but not elsewhere. WBCs, in case people don't know, it's going to be huge. It's going to be like like it is every year or last last couple of times where everyone's like, I can't believe how exciting this is. You ever hear of Mike Trout? I think he's playing. I think he's playing. All right, we got that. And we have a Red Sox reliever calling in at 520. We are so touched. You all made the trek out here. Robert, Renata. We hope our marriage is nothing like yours. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. From the director of Pitch Perfect and the producers of The Proposal. Something doesn't feel right. They're pirates and they took everybody hostage. Jennifer Lopez, Josh Dumel. This is not happening. Pirates chasing you wasn't on your vision board. You're the only thing on my vision board. Shotgun Wedding, rated R. Watch now on Prime Video. We are so touched. You all made the trek out here. Robert, Renata. We hope our marriage is nothing like yours. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. From the director of Pitch Perfect and the producers of The Proposal. Something doesn't feel right. They're pirates and they took everybody hostage. Jennifer Lopez, Josh Dumel. This is not happening. Pirates chasing you wasn't on your vision board. You're the only thing on my vision board. Shotgun Wedding, rated R. Watch now on Prime Video. 
We are so touched. You all made the trek out here. Robert, Renata, we hope our marriage is nothing like yours. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. From the director of Pitch Perfect and the producers of The Proposal. Something doesn't feel right. We're pirates. And they took everybody hostage. Jennifer Lopez, Josh Dumel. This is not happening. Pirates chasing you wasn't on your vision board. You're the only thing on my vision board. Shotgun Wedding, rated R. Watch now on Prime Video. The Bradfoe Show on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. This is a walking music? Okay. I can see this happening. Everyone Potty. jumping. Okay, you got to get the fans involved. Yeah, right? that, that's it. That's the key. Yeah, that is the key. I bet you could get Cassis to have this. That's the thing. You could that, talk that, him the walking music for hitters are, are going to be a thing of the past. With 10 seconds now? Nine, you have to be ready with nine seconds left. Ugh. Yeah, sorry, Steve. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. You're not going to notice a month then. Absolutely no oh, of one course is going not. to care. I can notice any of it a month then. Yeah. Like you'll have players complaining. Well, you're not going to notice baseball at all? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, we, we the rules talk and wait. 617-779-7937. I do want to get into the big news of the week with Match Barnes being DFA'd. Uh, but first, I want to crank through some of these calls. Allison in Cambridge. Allison, how are you Hi, today? Guys. Hello, guys. To me, it's as simple as this. Before the beginning of last season, they should have signed Xander. They would not have had to sign him until he was 40 years old then. They should have signed Kyle Schwarber. He would be the replacement for J.D. Martinez. That makes sense. If you're a good GM. The mind, body, and soul of the team would have functioned. We would have made postseason. You would have felt good. And then we'd be excited about the new players going on. I had said last year I couldn't be happy about Trevor's story until Xander was signed. This is ludicrous. Heim, this is never going to work. But Heim, Forget it. I don't care. The fact is that... It's just ridiculous. And that Heim saying what he's saying, he has no track record. He has no track record at all. And he's been taking after dissing Dave Dombrowski when he talked about the J.D. Martinez contract in reference to Xander's contract. He was like, we want to have a contract that will work for us just like the way what we did with J.D. Martinez. That was Dave Dombrowski. The whole thing that's going on is just totally nuts. And that it, it's, it's, all, it, it, it's all of a piece. I mean, the thing is, I was, I, I, in college I studied psychoneurobiology, and my teacher wanted me to be monistic. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. Can we, can we just, like, yes. Allison, <laughs> before you go on, what the, what, what, what? What, what, what? what you, you, you studied what? What did I, you? I was a psychology major. In no, no, you had a flurry of words that make me, made me think that you were the smartest person, which you are very smart. But holy <laughs> matter. Anyway, I, continue. Whatever you say from here on in, I know that it absolutely has to be true because that seems like it's a thing. The basic point. Guys, do you agree that if we had just signed Xander, given him a reasonable deal, and you wouldn't have to sign him until he was 40, and then also you wouldn't have had to sign Rafi right away because he would have been comforted and calm to know that you would sign Xander. If we had signed Xander before the beginning of last season and, 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 and Kyle Schwarber, that it would have given us the, the home runs that we needed with Kyle Schwarber. And it also, because so much of what happened last year was because it was starting off, everyone was so, it was starting off with, with no spirit and no soul because of what they did to Xander low-balling him and then low-balling Rafi. Do you agree that if we had done those two things, that everything that we could feel good about him, that everything would move forward in a more normal fashion? I, I, I don't disagree with a lot of what you say, Allison. And thank you and for it the... just hurts. I mean, the thing is, when Xander wasn't signed, what I said was, what came to me is the team doesn't have a soul anymore. And we're living in a time we're struggling to have things that have meaning and realness. 
And it's just like, I don't understand. And Haim, do you agree with me also that Haim is starting to take credit for the things that the organization... He actually said, he actually talked about winning the four World Series. Are you kidding me? He's taking credit... Yes, I agree. You should be different about ownership than you are with Heim. But Heim has no track record, and I don't think that the ownership... I think if you told the ownership that, that yes, he was going to trade Mookie, but I think if the ownership, if you told them that last year he was going to go over this luxury tax and that we were going to end up with only keeping Rafi out of Mookie, Xander, and Rafi, I don't, I don't think the ownership would have believed that. And so I, I don't think that that's what they wanted. I really don't. And the thing is, I think they're disconnected. I think they're hurt. I think John Henry is, like, emotionally damaged. I don't think John Henry cares one. One bit. Well, but but that's the thing. But he Didn't used to right care. Now. Is that is that Chris or or Coop? I, that was I'm not Coop. Sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, I one of the C's <laughs> that I think that he used to care, and I think that that I think that he's been hurt by a lot of things that have gone on. And the pandemic. I mean, there's been a lot of terrible things that have gone on. I think he's been hurt. I I, I really feel like people. I, I, to me, I, I, it's similar to Bill Belichick. I think he was hurt by having people leave him. I think a lot of people don't do well. Don't do well. I mean. Oh, so so is it surprising that people who are connected to sports are not very good with their emotions? I mean, come on. Most people aren't. And it's it's very like, it's a manly thing, sports, right? And you're not supposed to deal with your emotions. I think that a lot of people, when they're hurt, do one of the basic ways to deal is just to tune out. It's just to tune out and not be emotional. It's just going to be a business or whatever. And I don't think that's what John Henry was. I think he's an odd person, but I think that he used to really feel a connection to the players, and I think he did with Xander, and I think that he that he's confused. And I think that a lot of things that are happening is because people are confused, because things have been done a certain way. I feel like Haim is a return to the end of the Dan Duquette period, but not having signed Pedro and done the other good things. I think that he has he's no track record, but I think that he is, and I think that he deals with people better than Dan Duquette did at the end. And I have that from Butch Stearns, that Dan Duquette did feel bad about the way that he dealt with people at the end. But the fact is that it just seems like it's been this full 20-year cycle, and we're at the end of a cycle, and it just, it just hurts, and I don't understand why it had to be that way. And it almost seems like we're repeating the 1918, that we won so many worlds, that we were, the, we were the team. We were the Yankees at the beginning of all this, and then we were Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, all right thank, three, thank you for the call, Allison. Three World Series in, like, the first 10 years is very far from being the Yankees. I just have to point that out. In no way should should any Red Sox fan be like saying we're the Yankees of the twenty first century. Let's let's go back to that's that's wild. I always talk. Enjoy, I love I, Allison. I, I, she I, is listen, passionate I, yeah, like I, I am. I, but that is wild talk. I I enjoy Allison's calls going back to her initial Hall of Fame Xander Bogarts call, which is the you know the soul of the team and the soul of the franchise. Yeah, that really kept him but, there. But. Listen, you can only do what we tried to raise money for the guy. You can only do what you did, but still, what did that get up to? Just a dollar? A dollar? Okay. And that whoa, person, whoa, whoa, we, we don't have to disclose that. Uh, oh, that's, that's right. Okay. I'm the financial or I'm the uh, legal person. You are the here. legal representation. At the of end the of the show. day, you were about as far off as the Red Sox were for the Padres' offer. So. We had a, as good of a chance. Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, but Allison hit the nail. If you want to play that game, and I do want to play that game. It's not that out of the realm of possibility of saying, all right, you know, you make Xander a representative offer, you give Rafael Devers like $300 million, let's say, which like, I was shocked when that was what he was asking and they were saying, oh, no, no, we want Matt Olson because Manny Machado makes $300 million. That's what that, a guy like that is probably going to cost. So you make those two offers and then, yeah, you know, you devalued Kyle Schwarber when you shouldn't have devalued Kyle Schwarber. Am I f- full of hooey? Like, Chris, 
Is there anything wrong with that plan, that blueprint? Wake up. I mean, I just, I always thought the college forward thing and was just a little he, overblown. With he was it. a rental. Yeah. Why well, are that. people so but, connected but to that, him? For, that, for the, for I mean, the, he was a perfect fit here. I get that. That's what I mean. He was a great guy. But once J.D. opts in, you cannot bring him back. And the Red Sox knew Why? that. It, it's just it, too what much. What you ended up doing was putting Jackie Bradley out in right field. Yeah. I mean, that was not a great plan either. Okay. okay. Saying, so, they, in their minds, they said, I had someone tell me at the end of the season, we cannot have both of these guys on the roster. So if JD opts in, you know Schwarber is just not coming well, back. Well, that's that's just not true. You could have had them on the roster. It would have been uncomfortable defensively. But guess what? The Phillies were really uncomfortable defensively yeah. across the board, and they figured it out. That that's was true. it. And and also, I think a bigger thing that they the where they took the wrong fork in the road was Bobby Dahlbeck. The Bobby Dahlbeck, they thought he was going to play eighty percent of the games. Yeah, that was another reason why they didn't bring him back. Because they said, and obviously they needed a lefty hitter. Okay, Chuck in Plymouth. What's going on, Chuck? Rob, thanks for taking the call, man. Hey, you know, I want to weigh in something in regards to uh, what's going on with all this. And first of all, I just want to add a few things. John Henry owns Nesson, right? Check. John Henry owns the Globe, right? Check. He also owns the Penguins, the soccer team, blah, blah, blah. So if John Henry controls all of that and you as a guy working in the media and i've actually done this myself working in the media is that when you go into the locker room or you try to set up an interview with john henry who has his buffers kennedy and heim bloom who just say all the sweetness and take the bullets as your partner said is that you can't really ask the tough questions when you're in that locker room or in the middle of that interview because why because the media relations guy is going to shoot you down you're not ever going to be allowed to ask those tough questions again. So it's like what used to be said on Seinfeld with, uh, what's his name there, the mailman, Newman. When you control the mail, you control information. <laughs> and as far as what Allison said, man, she was driving me to have a drink, and I just got to give one quick thing before I hang up listen to what your response on this. But I don't think you can ask one question to those guys and truly get the truth. So why even the hell interview them? But my, husband, my son wanted me to say one thing, and that is, Humpty Dumpty was pushed. I'll hang up and listen to your call. Okay. I thought he was going to say baseball isn't boring. No, I like this. I like that option better, though. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, so I, I do think that you know this is one of the things. In spring training, this is how it worked. That the ownership sat on the bench, and you knew that, that Johnny Miller and everybody else was going to ask all the questions that were piling up. And no one was getting shut down. They were going to ask the question. Um, but... You know, that hasn't happened in a couple of years. And, um, and you know, it really, we just went through the chronological order of John Henry being available. I think, I don't think that when we've had John Henry that anyone felt like they can't ask questions. Right. I, I, I honestly don't feel that way.